Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I am your host, Mad Max. Today's episode, we're going to be continuing our Transformers um, our Transformers series with uh, Transformers 3, uh, Dark of the Moon. This movie came out in 2011. Uh, of course, we have Michael Bay returning uh, as the director. Now... There is a bit of a change-up in uh, the casting because Shia LaBeouf, Josh Dumal, uh, Tyrese Gibson, and John Turturro uh, are really the only characters from the previous two films that return in this one. Now, most notably missing from the um, most notably missing from the cast is uh, Megan Fox. Megan Fox. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding her not returning for the third film. Uh, I know there was a little bit of tension, a little bit of disagreements, and a little bit of of um, not-so-good things said about one another between Megan Fox and Michael Bay. Uh, but also at the same time, there's also speculation that uh, Megan Fox ultimately chose to leave on her own. Uh, not too sure whose story to believe, but all we know that is that when the trailer for um, when the trailer for Transformers Three: Dark of the Moon had come out, that was kind of the most notable thing was the fact that there was no Megan Fox. Megan Fox's character is replaced in the movie by um, uh, Rosie Whitley. Now, Rosie Whitley, at the time, wasn't known for her film anything or anything like that. But she plays an enti- she doesn't play Michaela. She doesn't play the character of Michaela in this film. She plays an entirely brand new character, and she's the new uh, love interest of Sam, who is also in this film. And other actors who come into this film are Patrick Dempsey is in here, Francis McDormand is in here, Ken John is in here, John Malkovich is also in here, and these are ca- technically a bunch of one-off characters and everything like that. But I mean the the human cast is all there. I think joining joining the the voiceover cast, we still have Peter Cullen as Meg, as uh, Optimus Prime. We still have Hugo Weaving as uh, Megatron. And but one of the most notable characters that they introduce in this film is a new character by the name of Sentinel Prime, and he's voiced by the legendary and fantastic Leonard Nimoy of Star Trek fame. And um, I thought this was a, a pretty cool uh, addition to the film and everything like that. Basically, this movie takes place two years after the events of Revenge of the Fallen. Um, in this film in particular, it is revealed that the the Apollo lunar landing that they did in the 60s was actually not so much a moon landing, but it was to basically see about a, a crash. They got reports that a crash ship was on the moon, which is, they use that to kind of cover it up, and there's actually a cameo appearance by the real-life Buzz Aldrich, the man on the moon mission, and uh, everything like that, which I thought was kind of cool. Sentinel Prime was driving his ship from uh, outer space and crashes on the moon, and they discover it in the 60s and everything like that, and it's up to the Autobots to kind of discover what it is. However, uh, Plot twist, Sentinel Prime is actually uh, working for the Decepticons and turns on them about halfway through the film. 
And in doing so, they also have a, a liaison within the human race, played by um, Patrick Dempsey. So, you know, it's, this is more of a darker tone. This is a completely different tone from Revenge of the Fallen as well as the first film. This feels different. You know, the character of Sam is a lot different. Sam is no longer driving Bumblebee, which is a huge bummer in my opinion because, you know, that relationship between Sam and Bumblebee had always been something relatable. You know, it's like a pet, basically, and everything like that, like a bodyguard that you never want to give up on and everything like that. There's even a cool moment when the Decepticons attack Sam while he's at work. He tries to go see uh, Colonel Lennox, played by Josh Dumal, and tell him, hey, the Decepticons are back, and we need to know why. And Francis McDormand, who plays a new character altogether in this film, is just kind of, why the hell are we listening to teenagers? You know, what the hell do they... He goes, I... Everything about this film, see, I'm already losing track about this fucking, food, fucking film because the story is a bit all over the place, but the one thing I do admire about Dark of the Moon is this darker tone. It's a much darker tone than what we got in... Um, than what we got in Revenge of the Fallen. To Like, Revenge of the Fallen tried too many things, you know, tried to do too, many, too much at one time, and it really, really kind of... Uh, it really kind of fell over to the wayside in a bad way. Now, um, Dark of the Moon really attempts to try to tell a cohesive story. They try to go within a little bit deeper into the mythology of the Transformers, which is why they bring in Sentinel Prime and everything like that. And that was kind of cool. There was a little bit of a tease of Unicron in this film, which a lot of people were excited for. But by the time the movie had come out, they had kind of scraped that whole idea and everything like that. But this felt more like a super spy film. You know, it felt... I, I want to say because of the whole... The lunar... The lunar... Uh, the lunar module and the Apollo missions and all that stuff, it felt like a spy, those Russian spy films of the 60s. You know, the 007 films, the, the you know, this all that stuff in particular that goes on in those, you know, 1960s Russian spy thrillers and everything like that. Like the espionage, corporate espionage is what uh, best way to describe this film. Now, that being said, this movie still is disappointing in certain ways, you know, such as, um, uh, such as certain things going on uh, around uh, the company stuff and everything like that. Like, you still have the over-the-top action. You still have a little bit of humor that is not necessarily all there and everything like that. You know, Sam Sam's attitude really changes in this uh, film in a lot of ways. Like... What I mean by that is, like, if you li- if you heard the last episode when I was talking about uh, Revenge of the Fallen, Sam was kind of like, you know, the whole Spider-Man deal and wanted just to be a normal teenager. To where in Dark of the Moon, he feels, he feels insignificant. You know, he's working like a mailroom clerk in this fancy warehouse, in this fancy, you know... Uh, office setting and everything like that with John Malkovich and Ken John, which some of their moments are kind of funny together and everything like that. But for some reason, Sam doesn't really feel important anymore because, you know, he lost Bumblebee and the Autobots are kind of doing their own black op missions and everything like that and and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, damn, Sam went from being wanting to be left alone to wanting to be in the fray all of a sudden and everything like that. So 
it was really, really kind of a big character change out of all that and everything like that. He kind of went the opposite, so to speak, to where like Peter Parker in Home in Spider Man Homecoming wanted to be in the fray. But then when we get to no way, when we get to far from home, he just wants to be a normal teenager. And I don't think it really works like that. Same thing with Sam with Wiki. He wanted to be a normal teenager in the second film, and then now he wants to be in the fray. And I think that kind of, you know, that whole thing, they're doing it to protect him, and you kind of see that. But, I mean, overall, this film is a bit darker in tone. The action sequences are a little bit better, like the scope and the final fight in Chicago really is kind of cool. Um, I know a lot of the stuff, the writing of this film seems a little bit messy and sloppy at some points, but this movie was being written and produced around the time the writer strike happened in 2008, even though this movie came out in 2011. Um, I know for a fact that... Uh, uh, Michael Bay wanted this film to come out in 2012 due to the fact that he wanted this to be like a 3D type film after, because this movie came out after the first Avatar film and everybody saw the great technology that they used to make that great film. Well, I wouldn't say great film, but they make a, a wonderful film in the theater. Michael Bay kind of wanted to go that same kind of Jim Cameron style route, but uh, apparently Paramount wanted it to be released in 2011 instead of 2012 because... I mean, honestly, 2012, that was the rise of the Avengers and everything like that. So Paramount saw something coming from Disney. So they knew they knew they were going to have to get their movie out first, you know, by all means. But Transformers 3 is not a bad film. It's a major upgrade from Revenge of the Fallen. I will say that. But I don't think it was better than part one. And uh, to say the least, I mean, the the new characters are fun. The old characters are still entertaining in their own right, the action is still cool, you know, it's an okay movie, it's not a bad movie, but it's an okay movie, if that makes sense, like, because Revenge of the Fallen was so bad, you know, Dark of the Moon was just going to be, you know, there's only, you can only go up from here, you're already at the bottom of the totem pole, and, you know, there's only so much you can do, you know, and I've always respected the fact that Dark of the Moon went in a darker tone, went in more of an espionage, you know, you don't know who to trust, you know, type film and everything like that. And I like that idea. I just think it was poorly executed in my opinion. So for this film to kind of be just, I don't want to say a run of the mill action movie, but it's on, it's not better than part one, but it is way better than part two. So, you know, it is what it is. And I can appreciate that. I can respect the fact that they try to go another route, even though it's just poorly executed. So there's that. And another thing, too, I don't think I mentioned this in the other two episodes, but Linkin Park did an amazing job with the soundtrack for part one and part two. So for part three to come out and Linkin Park not be there, I was like, what the hell? That's a little bit disheartening and everything like that. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple of cool songs on that soundtrack. But I mean, come on, dude, I'm a big Linkin Park fan and. And, you know, I was, you know, hyped to see another Transformers film, but to kind of throw Linkin Park over to the wayside like that, that was a little bit disrespectful, in my opinion. But uh, it is what it is, and we got a decent movie out of this. Uh, so, you know, take it or leave it. Take it with a grain of salt. See how you want it. But my overall opinion about Dark Side of the Moon is the fact that I appreciate the fact that they went in another direction with it rather than it being the same film that one and two were. But 
you know, I just think it was poorly executed. They had great ideas. They just didn't see them all the way through. Um, I think the pacing is a little bit off at times. It kind of revert, like the stuff with, with, uh, Sentinel prime and the double crossing of the Autobots and joining the Decepticons was kind of cool, but you know, they, fo- but I think one of the issues that the movie is called transformers, but yet we're focused on these humans half the time. So, you know, it, it kind of just went way over to the wayside and everything like that. So, I think Dark of the Moon is head and shoulders above Revenge of the Fallen, but I don't think it's better than part one, so we'll see what happens. Uh, You know, it is what it is. It's better than part two, but not better than part one. Uh, But anyways, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for today's episode. If you like the episode, be sure to follow the podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Play, Odyssey, Reddit, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the podcast on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, The Madhouse 21. Have you seen Dark of the Moon? What did you think about it? Let me know. Instagram and Twitter. Uh, where do you rank it as far as, you know, the top in the six movies of the um, Transformers saga? Whatever the case may be, let me know. Instagram and Twitter, The Madhouse 21. Uh, be on the lookout for more episodes as they come out, as we are just did three we got three down and three to go, and then we're all leading up to this weekend as the release of Transformers Rise of the Beast comes out. Uh, a couple of films have dropped on, a couple of films have dropped on uh, streaming services, so, I, you know, there might be some episodes here and there. There might be a couple of days, you know, as we get, to, as we're gearing towards the weekend, there might be a couple of days uh, where we see, um, you know, where you guys might see a couple of double headers uh, here and there and everything like that. Like today, you're getting a double header because, you know, I kind of fell behind trying to get this movie marathon out the way and everything like that. But so be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for anything and everything that comes out of this podcast. And of course, as always, guys, be sure to embrace your inner madness.